It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle. Hi, Ryan. Happy Friday. It's so good to be back, and it's good to see everybody. I'm very excited today. Uh, I have a friend who just happens to be my realtor as well in the studio, Lori Hubble, Better Homes and Gardens Realtor. Welcome, Lori. Thank you. It's glad to be here. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you. I got, I just got to find out how things are going because as Lori was my realtor a year ago, and that was just like it was a good experience with you. But man, we can tell stories. Oh boy, can we! Right. But before <laughs> we get to that, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into being a realtor. Well, uh, I was born and raised in Benson. Um, of course, we all love Benson. Yes, right? we do. Yeah, Benson bunnies. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to get into real estate mainly because. I love looking at different houses and mm-hmm. architecture. Um, I had thought about being an architect at one time. Oh. But, um, yeah, so I just got into real estate for that, and I really love it. I've uh, been doing it since early 2009. Oh, really? Yeah, that's when I got my license, right at the height of the last housing bubble. Last time I bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> I see a pattern. Okay. Yeah, I like a challenge. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so 2009. So what did you do before that? Oh, gosh. What have I done? I was a graphic artist for a while. Oh, uh, cool. That's what I have my degree in. Ah, oh, look at graphic that. Graphic and fine art. I know. Well, awesome, that's cool. Right? Yes. Uh, I did phlebotomy for a while. Oh, that's Worked gross. for Methodist. And I loved it. I loved <laughs> really? it. Yeah, yeah. It look was... at you with that varied background. I know. I love I know. it. And now you're selling houses. And now I'm selling houses. So let me ask, and you, since you're a Nebraska realtor, Anywhere in Nebraska is a go for you. Yes. So even like Scott's Bluff, Valentine, anywhere, if somebody needed your help, yeah, you would go out and help them. Yep. But you can't, as a realtor, you have to be licensed in just your state, any state, every state? You could be licensed in different states. Um, a lot of Nebraska agents also are licensed in Iowa. Okay. But, you know, I, I'm a referral agent, so I can sure. refer, you know, we have a huge network at Better Homes and Gardens Real right. Estate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an international company so i didn't know that yeah so i can refer agents to other states good to know so when we are ready to move overseas guess what we'll be calling Uh you again (laughs) (laughs) so how do you become a realtor do you have to take classes go to school i have no idea how that happens yeah you do um you have to take about 66 class hours wow okay um and then you have to apply with the nebraska real estate commission or the state whichever state you're in. Okay. Um, and then they do background checks. You know, you have to be... Um, an upstanding citizen. An upstanding citizen. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there... So is, I'm guessing there's a cost. It's probably like... Com- is it comparable to like college courses or... No. No. It's not that expensive. Okay, which good. I think is a lot... You know, that's the reason a lot of young people are getting into real estate now mm-hmm. as opposed... And I'm not saying that they don't go to college, but, you know, if you're looking at a half a million dollars to get mm-hmm. a college education versus a few thousand dollars to get a real estate license... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So once you get your license, is it forever or do you have to renew it every single year? Not every single year. You have to renew it every two years, and you have to take 20 hours of continuing education to renew. Got it. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, as long as you stay up on top of it, and if you don't, um, like, 
lose your license to a disciplinary action oh. for doing something you shouldn't do. Oh. Um, you can keep your license indefinitely. So what are some of the things people have done to lose their license? I mean, you don't have to obviously name names, but any good stories? Oh. It, I mean, well, is it dumb just, stuff? Like, you know, ethics violations, fair housing law violations, things oh, like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Those are pretty big things. Big things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Now, do you work with both buyers and sellers or I, are you? I do. Buyers okay. and sellers. Is there a certain kind of a knowledge you need to have for each one? Or is it just like, let's find you what you need and let's get you out of this house? Yeah, there's different knowledge and strategies that you need to use. Um, and you need to, you know, prepare your sellers just like you do your yep. buyers yep. for the market, what they're going to encounter. Um, you know, sellers getting their houses ready to list, mm-hmm. you know, what you should do, fix up the, the right. bathrooms and the kitchens like we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Um, make it look good. So are we in a seller's market still? Is it yeah. seller's? Yeah, it's definitely a seller's market. And it's worse than it was when I was looking? I think so. Oh, that's just crazy to me. Is there going to be an end to this insanity? <laughs> I don't know. You know, the we thought the raise in uh, the hike in interest rates would slow some people down. But, you know, it did for maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah. People took a little pause and then they're like right back into it again. Because, you know, they're still, even though they're higher than they have been in the past couple of years. Right. They're still pretty low. So I think, yeah, people are, you know, still wanting to get in now before they get higher. Right. And then everybody's like, there's only so many houses on the market. I want one. So I really need to get in it or stay in it to win it. That's just, I can't even believe it. I mean, I feel so lucky that we found a house with you. We had looked at, I don't know, at least a million. I think we made nine bids. Uh huh. I mean, it just it started to feel so just like I don't even whatever. I thought we were going to be stuck in that house forever, but then finally magic happened. So it the houses are out there. Yeah, you just have to be really patient and have a superstar realtor like Lori that is patient with you, because you are very patient and thank you for that. You have to be patient in this market. Yeah, you know, and I mean, buying a house is the biggest purchase you're going to make. So I want my clients to be happy with the purchase they made. Right. And that makes me happy. Of course. And then you'll refer me to your family and friends. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a long process, but you have to be willing just to, you know, stick with it. Yeah. And do it. And magic happens. I've seen it every time. Oh, my gosh. That it it was. And we adore our house. We've been in there almost a year now. It's a little smaller than we had anticipated, but it's perfect for us. It's, it is perfect for you. It really is. I still pinch myself like, I can't believe we actually got a house. Because for a while, I was like, this is never going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. It's easy to get discouraged. And, yep. You know, a lot of people get stir- discouraged when, the, you know, they're looking and writing offers and they're losing out. But it's like, you just have to, you know, keep, keep at, at it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So things are still pretty wonky then. Yeah, they are. So pr- houses are priced high. And it's still a ton of people out there looking and not as many houses needed as people are looking. Is that correct? That's correct. And the reason the prices are high is because, you know, when a house comes on the market, everybody wants it. Yep. You've got one house and 25 people that are interested in it. Mm -hmm. So that's going to drive the price up. Right. Yeah. I just can't believe it. And I just, I don't, I'm still just flabbergasted. I think I might have a little PTSD because that was just so (laughs) stressful. But again, in the end, it ended up great. So how long on average now is it taking for people to find a house? I mean, it took us, and really, it only took us a couple months. 
It really did. Right. It w- but we were really looking like every day. And you oh, were yeah. so great. I'm like, Lori, there's a house. Let's go. Well, you have to. I mean, when there's a house, you do have to go. Because, you got to jump. Yeah. They're they're on the market for a matter of hours or just a couple of days or a day. Uh, you know, some agents, you know, leave them up for four or five days so that people get a chance to get in there and right. really look at them. Yep. Um, and then they'll say, you know, we're going to review offers at, on such a day at such a time, get your offers in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's crazy. So as long as you've been doing this, has the lack of housing always been like this? I mean, have we always had this shortage? No. Okay, I didn't think so. No, I went through, you know, a couple periods where it was a good solid buyer's market. Mm-hmm. Um, and sellers were desperate to sell. And, you know, you could as a buyer, write your own ticket, right. write your own contract with, you know, seller paid closing costs yep. and, you know, and inspections now, and everything now. So can anybody get an inspection yet? Yeah. I mean, people are still having inspections done. Okay. Um, but it now it's pretty much, you know, for the buyer's information only, and they're not asking sellers to make repairs because, Got it. you know, everybody wants to be competitive and write a really strong offer. So a lot right. of people are forgoing inspections or just taking them for, yeah. you know, if, there, if there's something major wrong with it, we want to get out of the contract, which is right. understandable. Um, but a lot of sellers now, because of the market, which I think is really smart, mm-hmm. is to get the house pre-inspected have the inspection report there so that the buyers can come in, they can look at the house, review the inspection report, and then make an informed decision if they want to write on the house, you know, how strong they want to write on the house, Mm -hmm. which I think is very, very handy. Oh, yeah. Because when we bought, it was like, no inspections. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm spending the most money on the most expensive thing, and I cannot have my house inspected. I mean, it was like yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And in the end, we bought the house and then we had the inspection. And thank the Lord above that there was just little tiny things. Because yeah. I was thinking, oh, my God, what if we bought this? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. we found 5,000 things, but we locked out. And we ended up, like I said, having the inspection after. But I also remember when we looked at that fabulous house up north. Yes. We had had, my wife and I had had at our last house that sewer explosion, and we noticed a little crack in the sewer line, mm-hmm. and we said, hey, we, we will pay for the inspection. And bam, we weren't even on the list anymore. I was like, are you kidding? Like, what? We're going to pay for it. But they didn't want to mess around. They wanted a clean contract, right? Yeah, and that's what sellers want. Oh, man. So, so it's a tough decision to make. I do remember a couple of houses that had, that they did have that inspection done and had it laid out. And I got to tell you, I love that. Mm-hmm. As a buyer, it made all the difference in the world. Like, this is great. I know exactly what I'm getting into beforehand. So if you're listening, sellers, please get that inspection beforehand. Yep, pre-inspections. It's a way to go. I got to think market. that also helps the house self sell faster it does because you already know right right instead of you know tying the house up with a contract and then you know trying to get an inspector in there and running the clock out um and then deciding you don't want the house it Mm -hmm. saves that time right oh what a mess yeah i mean it is stressful do you feel stressful as as for your job as a when you're doing helping people are you ever stressed out yeah i am do you Mm -hmm. get stressed out did you get stressed out with us no okay good we made it fun yeah, and the stress the stress isn't with my clients usually. Okay. You know, it's it's the you know, paperwork and the I mean just being in that frenetic market and right. knowing that you have to get those offers in, you have to look at the house tonight, you have to get the offer in before, you know, nine o'clock tomorrow morning when they're right. gonna leave you offers and you can't 
sleep on it, that's stressful for me too. Because I bet. I'm totally invested with my clients. Mm-hmm. You are. And I know. remember a few late nights where you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm going to send you all this paperwork. It's 10 o'clock, but let's do it. And we did it. Yeah. Stay up and get everything signed. You yeah. Know, back in the days before we had the digital signatures and like the DocuSign and the uh, dot loop programs, you know, I was writing contracts on the hood of cars at like 10 o'clock <laughs> at night. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my speed right there, right? Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So in your adventures as a real estate agent, um, I don't know how much you've seen in regards to lack of accessible housing, but that's a big thing. A lot of our listeners are seeing impaired. But I'm just wondering, have you seen any improvement in that? Because with all the new stuff going up, I've been talking to different folks, and they've been telling me we have to tell the builders to include at least X amount of accessible apartments for people, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that work in real estate? If, if somebody comes to you and they're disabled and they're like, hey, I need a ramp or I'm blind or how does that go? How does that affect how you show people the house or are there accessible houses available? Um, there are. There are probably more houses available for physically handicapped right. people, not necessarily visually right. handicapped people. You know, there are houses out there that are zero entry ranches with right. uh, widened doorways and zero entry showers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we saw like a few that. of those. Yeah, houses with elevators, right. things like that. I just feel like it's such a forgotten part. But and I guess, too, with a lot of the builders, uh, talk, again, talking to some people, they're saying, well, think about the people that might need this. So instead Instead of having to retrofit it, perhaps mm-hmm. build a couple that are already ready. I agree. There is definitely a need for it. Yeah. There is definitely a need. And I know there's there's some groups, nonprofits, uh, some builders and developers mm-hmm. that have been talking about uh, making more affordable housing, more um, handicap accessible housing. And it, 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 there really is a need. Yeah, there is. And especially because boomers, biggest population, and yeah. they're all aging so as we continue as a city to grow, I'm just like, come on, everybody, don't forget, there's going to be folks that can't handle steps that are going to need different things. So fingers crossed yeah. right, that they'll start yes. building. Yes. So have you seen an uptick, too, of folks with generational, like big families moving into one house? Because that's where we're at now. Nobody can afford, you know, grandma and grandpa live here. It's like everybody lives together. Are yes. you seeing more of that? We are. Um, it's becoming more popular. Just because, you know, people want to take care of their aging parents and don't want to put them in assisted living or whatever. Right. Um, you know, and it, that, that used to be kind of the thing a couple hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Everybody would just live together in a house. Um, you know, houses with mother-in-law apartments. Yeah. You know, suites are, are very popular now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's parents that have, like, adult children. Right. Who, can't afford to, to go out and pay $2,000 a month for an apartment. Right. Um, so they want to, you know, take care of them and have them live in the house with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's great. I mean, it's, it's a new dynamic. Yeah. And um, I would like to see, you know, there's some states like California, some of the larger uh, states with, that have larger urban areas are rezoning some of the residential neighborhoods to Good. allow ADUs, the um, accessory dwelling units, uh-huh. like the tiny houses yeah. that you can build in a backyard yeah. for a family member. Um, and I would like to see, I actually have a client right now who's looking for one of those. And I would like to see Omaha and some of the bigger cities kind of readjust some of their zoning yeah. 
to allow some of these? That would be great. And, you know, back to our little small house that we love, we originally looked for bigger, thinking of our moms and what if, then there would be room. And yes, there's room. It'd be really tight. But we have talked about like a tiny house in the backyard. So I, too, would love to see that because you've got this unused proper backyard that you could totally... Yeah. Make for your mom. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, get with the program. Yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, people that have larger, like, half-acre lots. And it right? would be perfect. Yeah. But the zoning forbids it, so. Yeah, Omaha. Well, yeah. hopefully we'll get there. So t- let's talk about listing price. I've always wondered. So I know what I paid for my house, but how is a listing price even decided? I mean, is it the neighborhood? Is it the year of the house? Is it the condition of the house? If somebody's going to sell their house and they're like, Lori, I think I can get 200 grand for this. You go in. What happens next? Well, it's all those things you mentioned. Okay. You know, it's uh, location, condition, and it's previous comparable sales. We usually go back six months, which is right. what an appraiser would do, mm-hmm. six, six to eight months, and see what comparable houses have sold for in that neighborhood. Right. And then you can make adjustments to, well, you know, the kitchen and bathroom needs to be updated. Mm-hmm. This one sold for X amount of dollars, but it had an updated bathroom and kitchen. Right. So we're going to deduct a little bit of money, you know, for years. But and we usually get pretty close. Yeah. And then, you know, that's why banks have appraisals, because we're right. not perfect. Exactly. Well, that's interesting. I'm glad you brought up the banks. So my other question was, too, so when a real estate agency like better homes and better gardens do you guys work with just one bank or realtors or how does that work how do you decide what banks you work with uh usually the buyer comes forth with their own lender we do have lenders that we can refer to people okay um i think we all in the industry prefer to work with local lenders and local banks yeah just because there's a lot that can go wrong right with some of the bigger national chains yes um and i've had a couple deals that have taken months to close oh really with, with one of the national with one of the nationals oh, yeah frustrating yeah and some of the like online lenders mm-hmm. mortgage lenders yeah they take a long time and since we have timelines you know you have to close in 30 to 45 days exactly uh, you want somebody that you can call get yeah. a hold of yeah or go see face to face see face to face right somebody that'll answer your emails uh-huh so we all prefer local lenders but we're not really, you know, choosy who, as long as they have a good reputation and we know that they'll get the deal done. Right. Okay, good to know. I just wondered about that. I was like, how? But yes, I remember now you referred us and it worked out quite well. It did work. We're very happy. Awesome. So what is the hot neighborhood in Omaha? Where's everybody going? Anywhere they can find a house? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of of the situation. (laughs) Right? I can't believe we ended up in Benson. Oh, really? Well, when we first started looking, there wasn't really that much there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, I've been driving around lately in Benson and Dundee, and there are so many houses for sale. It's kind of freaky to me. But they're getting snapped up, too. Right. But I just, the other day, I went down 50th, and I was counting, and I was like, is it the politics? What's happening? (laughs) Like, where is everybody going? I think a lot of people are seeing this as a good opportunity to make a lot of money on their houses. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've known people who have sold their houses in this market, and then they're just moving into apartments and sitting Hmm. on their large piles of cash. Right. And then when it becomes a buyer's market again. Then they're going to go buy a house. They're going to go buy a house. Yeah. Huh. I see how that works. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So hot neighborhood, any of them? Oh, yeah. There's a lot. Um, You know, the hot school districts, Millard, Bennington, Gretna, uh, 
Elkhorn mm-hmm. school districts are hot, so everybody wants to live there. Right. Midtown, you've got Morton Meadows, which has consistently been a really good, popular huh. neighborhood. Good. Dundee uh-huh. always has been. Oh, yeah. Um, Papillion and La Vista, Bellevue, those mm-hmm. are great neighborhoods, again, because of the schools. Right. And um, Benson, you know, is... It's hopping. Hopping. It's a place to be. Yeah, 15 years ago, it was like... Benson. Right? Yes, it was. <laughs> That's when I moved to Benson. And my, everybody was, even my mom was like, oh, Benson. Yeah. And I was like, what? Super yeah. cute. Yeah. I always thought I'd buy a house in Cathedral because I love it over there, but there's they don't have garages and off-street parking. And as a late-night musician, I'm like, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> this is not well, going to work. Yeah. And, you know, some of those bigger, older homes, I love them too. And I looked, when I bought oh. my first house, I mm-hmm. looked over there because I wanted one. But it was like, you know, I'm a single person, this huge house and all this maintenance. Right. Like, I can't take care of all this on my own. Speaking of huge houses, we saw together, Lori and I and my wife, some gorgeous North Omaha houses that are so giant and just stunning. Oh, there's some incredible houses in Florence and Minnelusa. I will never forget those. We didn't purchase them because there were some certain issues. I could tell you stories, too, but, (laughs) but they were just stunning. And what a forgotten neighborhood that people, I don't think, think about that much. And I just feel like North Omaha, with all the money coming in and all those old houses there, like that's going to be the new thriving place. It It's already started. Minnelusa got their historic designation a couple of years ago. Very good. Um, a lot of people are moving in and buying those houses and restoring them. And it's they're really seeing Minnelusa and Florence a huge resurgence. Good. And you know, that was kind of like one of the last areas of the lower priced houses. Yep. And because of the demand yep. there, too, those prices are going up as well. But it's a fabulous area. Oh, my gosh. So just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous houses we yes. saw. Yes. And they would have fit my whole family. So maybe it's best I didn't buy those. <laughs> Keeping it small. So now you and I could tell stories. We had this thing where every time we saw a broken window, we would say drink as a joke because I don't drink and we didn't have alcohol on us while we're looking for houses. Exactly. So that was like a fun thing. So we'd take a shot of water. Right. Take a shot of water. Move along. <laughs> and we lost count of how many broken windows in this house. I remember there was a house in Dundee where we sit at the top of the stairs and I looked down and there was water and I'm like, we're good. We don't need to go down there. Yeah. And I got to the point where I was like literally walking and be like, nope. Because I was like, why? I'm already in the house. And I'm already saying no. You became your own home inspector. I did. Oh, I was. I got good, didn't you I? I mean, look really at this crack. Look yeah, at this foundation. We were checking toilets <laughs> and looking at foundations. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. I'm so. I was so appreciative of your, of your knowledge and the fact that my wife and I have been on the planet for a while. So I felt like we were a great trio, and we did it. We were an amazing trio, and <gasps> I was almost kind of sad that you guys found a house so quick because <laughs> we had so much fun looking. I know it was really fun. So it does. Doesn't have to be a drag if you get the right realtor. Yeah, right. And that's key. The one thing I will say is that you have to get a good seasoned realtor in this market. Yeah, and who will listen to you? Yes, and take into every account and be honest with you. Yes, like you're not going to find this at this price. Or sorry, I mean you were very honest along the way, and I loved it. I mean, and towards the end, yes, I was really burnt out. And I was feeling so disheartened. <laughs> and when you called, I was like, is she kidding? Did we really? Is she kidding? And then I was like, what house? I don't even remember. We looked at so many. And I was just like, finally, it's over. And things have been great. But since we have seen some things, I got to know, what is like the worst place that you've ever seen that was for sale? Like, are you kidding me? I'm sure there's been a few. Oh, there have been, there have been a couple. 
Um, you know, I'm not easily shocked. Right. Uh, I did have a listing. It was a great house just on the edge of Fontenot Forest last year in Bellevue. Massive, massive house. Like an architectural house. Oh. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this older lady owned it, uh-huh. and it it had gotten away from her. Sure. You know, she she was trying, and yeah. uh, it was just, it was best that she sold it. So I was working with her and her kids, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we did pretty well for her yeah. when we sold it. But the back house, and the only reason I know this is I had a contractor in who was looking at it to mm-hmm. buy and he brought in a laser level. Oh, boy. And I could feel that the back half of the house was kind of sinking mm-hmm. lower than the front half of the house. Yeah. And his little laser level pointed out that it was about six inches. Oh. Yeah. And like in the basement, it was kind of like a multi-level house. Uh-huh. Um, so in the basement, you could see like separations and gaps in the walls. Oh. And I'm a city girl through and through. And like wildlife sometimes kind of freaks me out. Right. So I think we had this discussion. We were looking at houses about garter snakes. Yes. Yeah. So the house was full of stuff. So we had somebody come and clean out the house, rip mm-hmm. out the carpet. It looked great. But I kept finding this giant snake skin down by the furnace. And oh, I'm like, no. I thought they cleaned that up. So I'd call somebody else in to clean it up. And then I saw it again. And I'm like, okay, Ugh. there's a giant snake in this house somewhere. Oh, no. And I was, <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> terrified to go down there but um i was talking to the realtor who sold it Uh and it was actually a contractor builder who bought it and he's going to fix it up for his permanent residence to live in and i i said did they ever find that giant snake that kept leaving the skin in the basement and he's like they actually found five giant (gasps) snakes no yeah and one (laughs) they found one the hard way it actually like crawled into and wrapped itself around quit it the furnace oh my god and like killed the furnace <gasps> so he had to replace the furnace because of this giant <laughs> snake that's horrific it is horrific oh my god that snake was big enough to kill the furnace <laughs> yes. and i'm gonna have nightmares i am too i did oh lori yeah i'm like do not send me any pictures of this oh my god <laughs> okay i'll remember that when i see snakes in my garden at least it's not in your house and wrapped around your and furnace it, and it's not like five feet long oh my god that's horrific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, that was a good story. Thank you. So we got about three minutes left. What do people need to do to get ready to buy a house besides save their money? <laughs> save their money. Do their homework. Um, be prepared to, you know, write an offer over asking. Yep. Don't ask for too much. Yeah. Make sure you have all your fees covered, your closing costs, lender fees, all those things. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people need to have appraisal gaps because yep. if you are willing to offer $400,000 on a $200,000 house, which is an exaggeration, right? but like, huh. you know, um, if it's not going to appraise for what you're offering, you need to have an appraisal gap. That's cash that you need to bring to the closing table out of right. your pocket. So basically you might need more cash than you think. Exactly. That kind of happened to us, but luckily we had some things that we could do. But I was like, oh, my God, we need how much? And I think I started calling you about 15 years ago. Like, am I ready to buy a house yet? You did. <laughs> I did. And then did. finally one day I'm like, Lori, I'm finally ready. Oh, <laughs> We've it. saved every penny. Yeah. And it wasn't a lot of pennies, but it was enough to make it happen. So, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And there's other programs for people that don't have a lot of money. There's, yeah. You know, FHA, FHA, NIFA. And, of mm-hmm. course, you know, 
the retired military or active duty military can get the VA mortgages. So, you know, there's a lot of oh, opportunities yeah. for people. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it is out there if you want to do it. And Lori, I swear to God, I'm not just saying this because you're my friend, but you really did make house hunting it was great. I mean, we had fun until the very end when I was tired, but we loved it. And thank you again for helping us. We are in love with our house. Oh, I'm so glad. I, I mean, we love that. it. So thank you. So, Lori, if people want to find you, where do they go? What's the website? Uh, I work with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, the Good Life Group, which okay. is the Nebraska franchise of the national company. Okay. Uh, Lori.hubble. Okay. At betteromaha.com. That's L O R I dot H U B B E L L at betteromaha.com. My phone number is 402 218 7748. And you can Google me. All right. And do it. And because seriously, if you want a house, it's out there, but bring your patience. Make sure you got the cash. And if you want somebody that's fun, give Lori a call. I would appreciate it. Thank you, Lori, for coming in today. Thanks and thank you again me. for being the best realtor ever. Uh, Yay. Thanks for being the best client ever. Oh, geez. Out thank of you. one of many oh, best geez, clients. Thank you. They're all my best clients. Ryan, we're having a love fest in here. I tell you <laughs> what. We love you too, big guy. But that is Community Conversations. Thanks so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.